Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello, everyone. Hello, my feline friends. This is Michelle Fern, your host on Catitude. Okay, if you are anywhere in the world, you know about the coronavirus, COVID-19. It's This is March 18th, 2020, and we are immersed in kind of like the, oh, I don't know, beginning sort of middle of it, and everyone's frantic, everyone has a concern about their pets and more, and there's so many myths out there. Well, I have an expert on my show, and we're going to talk about that and hopefully kind of just make everybody a little bit more relieved about what's going on. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. You know how every house you go to has a certain smell, like, you know, my grandmother's house used to smell like like uh, cooked cabbage all the time, kind of stinky. And... I have a friend of mine, her house always smells like incense burning. I feel like I'm in a different country. It's very, you know, exotic smelling. Well, that's okay. But one thing I don't want my house smelling like is a zoo because I have three cats and two dogs. And with three cats, you have a lot of litter boxes. I really don't want that litter box smell to greet you when you come into my house. So what I use is Arm & Hammer Clump & Seal. It seals and destroys the odor on contact for a seven-day odor-free home guaranteed. So don't let your house smell like a litter box just because you have kitties. Get Arm & Hammer Clump & Seal. Arm & Hammer, more power to you. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. I am so, so thrilled to have on my show Dr. Dana Varble. She is a veterinarian and with a vast, vast amount of experience. And she is also the chief vet officer of the North American veterinary community. Welcome. Can I call you Dr. Dana? Please do. Yes. Welcome, Dr. Dana. Hi. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm thrilled to have you. Now, for people that are not aware, can you tell us a little bit, besides your background, what it means to be the chief veterinary officer of the North American veterinary community? Because most of our audience is not vets. Absolutely. So my job as the chief veterinary officer of the North American veterinary community is to help basically design educational programs and bring innovations in the world of veterinary medicine to veterinarians all over the world, to general practitioners, to specialists, to veterinary surgeons, and basically to the whole veterinary community, including veterinary nurses and technicians. So I try my very best to stay up to date on the newest, the latest, the greatest, so that your vet can turn around and bring them to you and your pets. 
So we have the expert of expert of experts on catitude. So for everybody listening, this is Dr. Dana knows her stuff, um, <laughs> really knows her stuff. And oh, thank you. besides that, you're a veterinarian with so much experience because I know you've worked with cats, dogs, exotic pets. What am I, what else am I missing? <laughs> I even have some zoo animal and wildlife experience. Although most of my most of my experience is in dog and cat emergency medicine and general practice and exotic pet practice. Okay, so you have the background and know all the knowledge to talk about the all this craziness with um COVID and how it affects pets. Yeah, I mean the good news is is that there's really no need to be alarmed for your pets with this coronavirus, which is fantastic. This is a human coronavirus. There are lots of coronaviruses out in the world. Some affect humans, but we also know they affect a, a wide range of animals. They seem to be very, very common in bats, for example. And I even read today that bats can harbor about 30 species of coronaviruses. So they seem to be the big source. And bats were the original origin of the other two big human coronavirus outbreaks, SARS and MERS. But the good news is, is that animal coronaviruses like the feline coronavirus, for example, this is a great example, it does not cause problems with humans. So this human coronavirus, is there's no evidence that it is going to cause problems with pets. There's not evidence that pets are carriers or that they can spread the disease. Sure, I'm going to be honest, we're very early in the stages and we're learning a lot about this coronavirus every day. So certainly things could change, but something like that would be very unlikely. Because I've heard everything from, first, before I get to that, so we should be careful about bats then, right? If we're, we have bats I mean, as pets. We always be careful about bats. Bats can carry, a, you know, a, unfortunately, bats carry a lot of diseases. The most common one is probably rabies. So if you were to handle a bat, if you were to find a bat in your home, I've even heard of some cats who bring bats back to the house, some outdoor cats, which, you know, those are concerned because bats carry rabies. So we always want to just let wild animals really be. We don't want to handle them. Or if they're in your house, you want to call the health department and let them know. Yes. And okay, I know we're about cats here, but where are bats most prevalent? Oh, you know what? The interesting bats really are everywhere. Oh. <laughs> They're very important pollinators. They also really help keep in, you know, it, it depends. There are fruit bats and there are insect eating bats. Those are the main types of bats. And you've, you've heard about vampire bats, but that's not the most common type. So vampire bats are, there's only like, I think there's only a few species, but most bats eat insects or again, eat fruit, and they're very important to our ecosystem, but they're really everywhere. So certainly in dark areas where they can basically sleep during the day, because they are mostly nocturnal. So things like caves, and but even in some areas, they're really in trees. So it just depends on where you're living in the world. How about North America? In North America, our most common species are actually insect-eating bats. Again, extremely important to keep things like our mosquito populations down, but in wooded areas, in cave-like areas, in rock-like areas, you always want to use extreme caution when entering areas that are high with in bat prevalence. And I'll be honest, 
most departments of natural resources or most fish and wildlife departments are going to post signs that say things like don't disturb the bats, you know, but use caution in this area. Bats themselves are not especially dangerous, but we just want to be aware that they can carry diseases. Good to know. I don't plan to go into any caves or, or I doubt <laughs> most of my audience is planning to go, you know, what is it, spelunking, yeah. right, in caves? Sure. But just in case, leave the bats alone. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, so let's talk about some questions that people may have about their pets that I know, you know, I, you relieved a lot of people by letting them know the disease doesn't spread and so forth. But I have heard some crazies out there and in the, uh, you know, we're now we're very digital because most of us are, are uh, social distancing, which is another new term. So we're staying home. And what are we doing? We're on the internet. And I've heard all kinds of things from someone wanting to wash their cat every other day. Good luck. And oh, to what if somebody who has as a carrier pets my cat? Well, you know, what we do know about this virus is that it's mainly spread from human to human transmission, and it's mainly spread in, in respiratory droplets. So it has been shown to exist on surfaces for a certain amount of time, but we also know that it's very easy to basically disinfect this virus. It's not especially hardy, and we know things just like soap breaks down this virus. So it's certainly not necessary to wash your cat every day because, you know, if, or if someone were, you know, were basically, if they had this disease and were to pet your dog or cat, what would you do? Would it be worth bathing your animal? It probably would just regular shampoo in one time. And it's always, I keep reminding people, it's always so important with our pets and we forget because we love them. But it's very important when we're handling our pets, when we're snuggling with them or petting them or handling their food or cleaning up litter boxes. It's so important to practice good hygiene, meaning hand washing, you know, especially after being around your pet. And not because of this coronavirus, but because pets unfortunately can carry other bacteria and parasites that can cause diseases in people. So as long as we're being good about hand washing, we should be in pretty good shape. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And I have a couple of other myths that I want to ask you about that I've seen roaming around out there. So we'll be right back. I have two dogs, Sam and Bailey. Both are golden retrievers. Poor Sam, he was a mess. Always itching. His paws were soaking wet all day from just constant licking. He had bald spots on his back. I just don't like putting shots and steroids into your dog all the time. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is nutrition. Probably two weeks after he started Dynavite, I started seeing great improvements. And today, 99% of his issues are non-existent. It's amazing stuff. Since Bailey has been 12 weeks old, he's been a Dynavite dog. And he has zero issues today. He won't eat his food without Dynavite. When I get out the Dynavite, my dogs actually salivate. Like I'm getting them a treat. They drool over it. Dynavite is the best thing you can do for your dog. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. 
Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. We're talking to Dr. Dana Farble, who is an expert on all things veterinarian, in my opinion. And we're getting some great information on the coronavirus and what it means for your pet. So, Dr. Dana, what about, this is another thing I've heard a lot about, what about for indoor-outdoor cats? Because I know that it's not, you know, the, how you described it, the disease is really not carried on, you know, your your pets. But mm-hmm. if it's indoor, outdoor, the pet that's outdoor could have gotten into something. What do you advise maybe your indoor, outdoor become an indoor for a little while? Yeah, I mean, you know, indoor cats, just by their very nature, are not exposed to many diseases that outdoor cats are. And that's always a concern with our outdoor cats. Again, not just for this coronavirus, but for other diseases, other infectious diseases that they can be exposed to outside. I think if you wanted to be very cautious, and I would recommend this, that you keep your cats indoors, especially because you know, we don't know. Some of our cats are very social and that's lovely, but we know that they often wander down and say hi to the neighbor or say hi to kids down the street. And we just have to be concerned. Like if we don't know who is petting or touching the animals, could the cat potentially, not because of the nature of a cat, but could they carry the virus back on like their collar or on their fur? We can't say no for sure right now. We really can't. And while, again, I don't think it's going to be a major concern, I think to be cautious, I would say cats should stay indoors because you know what's going on in your house and you have so much more control over that that situation at home. Okay, this question, which I have my own opinion on, but (laughs) I've heard it out there. What about using sanitizer on your cat, like, like on their paws or anything like that? Oh, I would. So I would not do that. I think... You know, the thing is, is that hand sanitizer is great when you can't be around soap and water, but we know it's not as effective as soap and water. So again, it doesn't have to be any special soap, just regular soap. But the concern I have with using hand sanitizer on animals is that it's got a very high alcohol content. So especially cats who tend to groom their bodies and their face and their feet, I think that's going to maybe cause some stomach upset just because of the high alcohol content. I would definitely not recommend ever using hand sanitizer on pets. It's really not intended for them and it's really not very safe. That's what I thought, but I, I'm not the vet. <laughs> the, the background, <laughs> no, you know, right, I, I just thought uh, that would be, a, that would probably make your cats or dogs sick and end up it with could. that. Yeah. And, oh. Okay. So what are some things that pet parents can do if they're nervous about, you know, what if they have to leave their home or what if they have to, you know, bring their fur babe to a friend's or what are yeah. some things they can do to prepare, you know, maybe buy extra food or what What would you suggest? That's a great question. And that I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think that is my number one message to pet owners right now is that while you don't have to worry about your pet, you have to prepare. And so what that really means is it's time to pull out those medical records for your pets, make sure they're up to date on their vaccinations just across the board. 
follow your veterinarian's recommendations for what is good and what is important in your geographic area and make sure they're not due for anything. Make sure that you have medications for at least two weeks. And that includes, especially for cats, flea and tick medication. Because if something were to happen to you and you were to have to plan for your pet to go to a family member's house, for example, or go to, go to a boarding facility, you want to be ready. You don't want to have to scramble at the last minute. If you were to get sick, even if you were to get sick with something else, you don't want to have to scramble while you're ill, be worried about your pet as well. The other thing I would mention is that this is a good time to take out a piece of paper and write down the instructions for the care of your pet. For example, how much food they get, what kind of food they get, how often they get it. And the same thing with their medications, dosages, um, when they get it, any treats that they get. Some pets are very sensitive and we know this. Certain things make them anxious or nervous. And that's instructions that if you had to make a change suddenly, go to a different house, leave your pet with a family member. Those are instructions that are really important for the comfort and the safety of your pet and, and that caretaker. You know, you brought up some great things, great, great things. And, Good. you know, one thing that I'm trying to do with all this craziness around is trying to remain somewhat calm, especially in my home where all my, my fur kids are, because I think they sense when you're anxious. And Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And it makes them anxious. And then you end up with stomach upset and, <laughs> you know, chewing and those kind of behaviors. Yeah. And undesirable behaviors. Absolutely. You know, I think pets can be a really good source for us during this time. We know that the strength of the human animal bond is so important. We know that they having a pet does great things for our health, both our cardiac health and our mental health. And I think it's important right now to remember that we rely on each other. We rely on our pets. They rely on us. So you know, do the things that are good for you. And remember that this is a good time, you know, especially jokingly, since all of us are staying at home, aren't all of our pets just having the greatest time right now? Aren't they like, wow, you're never home this often. They're kind of loving this, right? Of course. <laughs> Instead of, you know, just watching outside or something, they get you. Yeah, absolutely. Nothing could be better for them. So remember that. Remember to rely on your pet as a source of, of stress relief and bring that calming energy, you know, and share that between you and your pet right now. We all know that cats, I mean, there's nothing better than a purring cat on your lap, right? There's nothing that does more for your own sense of calmness. So sometimes it's good to disconnect and just really Take a moment to appreciate that bond you have with your pet. Nothing could be better right now. That is just a great way to just summarize all of this, you know, with yeah. all the crazies going on and everybody anxious and nervous. When you're in your home, you know, where we're supposed to be right now, just be home and yep. bond with your pet. Make some toys for your, you know, for your kitty. There's so many DIY toys that are available uh, right. And just spend, yeah. right. Spend some more time with them. Make sure you have enough food. What, what would you say for two weeks? At least two weeks. Yeah. I think that is, you know, what the CDC is recommending right now is that we're all prepared for about two weeks. And if you have any questions, 
CDC does have a disaster preparedness for pets website. We've been referring to it because it's such a good list of things to think about. So if you're frantically taking notes right now and worried you're going to forget something, that's another great resource to go back to and just think about all of those things that you do every day with your pet to make sure you're ready for this. Right. And of course, just maybe obviously, but know your vet's hours during this time. Know your closest emergency hospital, just pet pet emergency hospital or animal emergency hospital, I should say, just in case. Absolutely. And you, you know, just like they're telling humans right now, if you have an emergency, don't hesitate to call them by all means, but call ahead because they may have some special instructions or some special procedures that they've taken on to protect both you and your pet and themselves. Some vet clinics are saying, you know, we're taking folks in one at a time, or instead of sitting in the waiting room, you might sit in your car. And I'll be honest, a lot of this is really good for cats anyway. They they get very nervous when they go to the vet. And if you're having an emergency, even more so. So just give them a quick call and find out what their procedures are, because we're really all trying to do our best to keep everyone safe right now. I have one more question. If, sure. Are there any kind of human medications if you're in a bind, maybe it's the middle you know, of the night or it's on the weekend or your vet's closed and you're not, it's not a big problem, like maybe for stomach upset. Are there any human medications that your cat can have or dog can have? Because some of us cat listeners have dogs too that are okay in small dosages as far as for like an emergency fix. You know, I'm, I'm very, very cautious with things like that only because if your pet has an underlying condition or something else is going on, human medications are really made for human-sized animals. And granted, there's a few dogs out there that come pretty close. Cats especially can be very sensitive to human medication. I always tell people there's one trick I have, and I think this could still be a really good one. And it's not a medication, but it's really easy. Is when you, when your animal, whether it be a dog or cat, is experiencing stomach upset. Vomiting, we want to pick up food and water and wait and call your vet. But especially with stress, which some of our pets might experience these days, we'll sometimes see soft stools or diarrhea. One of the things I recommend to pet owners to have at home is actually canned pumpkin. And it sounds crazy, but canned pumpkin is full of good fiber. And it's usually very safe. You can always, if your pet has an allergy, please call your veterinarian to make sure. But Luckily, pumpkin allergies are uncommon, but you can keep a couple of cans of canned pumpkin at home and you can give your pet a little bit of canned pumpkin, size appropriate, of course, and that can actually help with any of those loose stool occurrences. And if certainly if they're continuing, you want to give your vet a call and, and get personalized advice for your pet. But canned pumpkin is pretty easy to get. And even right now, the advantage of it is it's canned, right? So it's going to last a while. So that's the one thing I tell every pet owner to have at home. More important than medications, actually. Who knew? I, I don't know why, yeah. but I never knew that. And, that, and I'm often surprised. that is really good information. Yeah. And that's for cats I mean, and dogs. 
Absolutely. And I am often surprised cats, we all know cats, right? They can be so finicky about food, but I'm going to be honest with you. I am often surprised how often cats will eat canned pumpkin. There's exceptions, of course, and some animals just won't eat it, but it's, it's actually kind of a favorite of a lot of animals. That's such a great idea. And you know, with everything else that's flying off the shelves right now at grocery stores, that's probably the one thing that isn't because it's not near, <laughs> we're not near Thanksgiving or, or yes. you know, or, or Halloween or anything like that where people yeah. would be looking for canned pumpkins. So that's a great idea. Thank you. Exactly. So it much. should be wow. really easy to find right now. Yes. Wonderful. Dr. Dana, thank you so much for coming on Catitude. You've been a wealth of information and I'm sure so many pet owners are, you know, all of our cat owners and the ones that have dogs too are going to be so relieved um, after hearing this episode. Is there any place that they can go to learn more about you or about some information online? Absolutely. They can always check us out at navc.com. And by all means, tell your veterinarian to stop by our website for more information as well. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much. Stay safe. And um, hopefully we'll get a chance to talk in the future as well. Thank you so much great. again for coming on Catitude. Oh, you're very welcome. Stay healthy. Yeah, that's the thing. Stay healthy. Thanks. <laughs> I hope after listening to this um, episode that you feel a little more, more relieved and a little less worried about your pets and, you know, about their interactions and, and the chance that they could um, have a problem with the coronavirus. So relax a little, play with your fur babes, you know, get down there and create a toy and have a great time with your kitten while you have time at home doing the social distancing. And keep listening to Catitude because we have some great information on COVID-19 on some other shows. And there's a ton of great information on Catitude as well. You can learn more if you go to PetLifeRadio.com. There's some information posted. I believe it's on our homepage now. You know, if you're listening to this in a couple of years, then I don't think so. But right now it is. And Thanks and safe, safe, please, to my um, pet crew, which is my fur babe crew, which is Molly and Charlotte and Dennis and uh, Sammy and Jethro and Jazz and Mr. Z, my senior dog, fingers crossed, stay healthy, Mr. Z, and Nikki. So safe, safe, my, uh, my little zoo of fur babes. And I'd like to thank again, Dr. Dana, for just doing such a great job and giving us such great information. Thanks to everyone that listens to Catitude. Thanks for making us one of the most popular pet podcasts out there. And please, please, please stay safe with your kitties during this so difficult, such a difficult time. Um, hopefully it'll pass soon and we'll all be okay. That's the hope. And of course, lastly, but not least, a great thank you to Mark Winter for making me and my guest sound amazing. Now, be safe, everyone. Keep your social distancing. Play with your kitties and uh, be well. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.